And welcome back to your weekly dose of all that is pop culture and nerdum with your three favorite fat nerds. That's right, it's time for the flagship Three Fat Nerds podcast, better known as 3FN. And of course, we are coming to you as we always do from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I am your host, Rich, and joining me this week is my esteemed colleagues, friends, and pals. First of all, he is the man who just this past weekend got his beard hair nice and done up by the one and only John Peters. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ron. What's happening? And of course, he's the man that doesn't need an introduction, but yet has the longest introduction in all of podcasting, because that's right, we're making up for other things, obviously. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's hashtag Big Natty Cool, hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style, hashtag Challenge Accepted, hashtag Tired as Fuck. <laughs> he is the leader of the Minnow Gangs and your favorite podcasters, favorite podcaster. He's the man, the myth, and the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger bearded feller. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Diesel. Enough about the great one. We here at Three Fat Nerds want to wish a very special 44th birthday to Tone. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah well, he's not 44, <laughs> though. I don't even think... He, he might be 30. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's young. He's young. But yeah, my, our good buddy Tone had his birthday. I sent him a fucking text message. Literally said, happy birthday, you sexy motherfucker. <laughs> uh, of course, he was like... Yeah, brother. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, so, so happy birthday, Tony, you're out there. I saw yours, too. The yeah. uh, happy birthday, Tony, Tony, Tony. I loved it. Uh, so, anyways, man, uh, how's everybody's week been? Uh, before we get to Diesel and he drags down the room, let's be honest. <laughs> let's start with you, Ron. Uh, week was actually really good all the way around. Uh, made it through the, the week pretty uneventful. Um, Wednesday, we had our Wednesday group. Uh, we pretty much finished the 11th book, so we just have the 12th book to finish. Uh, with Dungeon in a Box, and that, and it looks like, and then there's the epilogue book, which is supposed to be like the in between the two sets, and then they didn't consider to keep going okay. with part two. So we're gonna end this uh, probably in the next couple weeks. Uh, we, you know, the boss fight happened, and we were running around. You know, I still had my little army of skeletons, and of course, you know, had a plan. And of course, when you speak the plan a little bit outside of gameplay the dm you know kind of hears your plan so he kind of you know killed my skeletons because like that way i couldn't turn one into a t-rex yep so i said huh okay problem solved i turn myself into a t-rex and proceed to polymorph myself into a t-rex get the miniature off the shelf put it on the table oh yeah that's the thing go ahead yeah what kind of damage does that do to you when you turn back? Like, your joints are going to be stretched out. Like, nothing. Absolutely nothing. d and like, I'm thinking you got to be like Houston I'm after the Houston 500. Listen, I, I'm, a, I'm a dragonborn. Okay. I'm part, I'm part reptilian as is. Okay. So, uh, as it, if it switched around, uh, and basically I just did it because you get two attacks, but you can't attack the same creature. Okay. Because one's a tail and one's a bite. Yep. So, I'm like, I turn here, and I attack that, and I attack that, and I have 134 hit points now. Thanks. Pivot attack. Pivot attack. <laughs> okay. So, you know, and 
we really didn't need to. It wasn't actually that bad of a fight. Uh, but it was just fun because my original plan was just to turn a skeleton into a T-Rex. Okay. And just let it run amok because I thought that would be hilarious. Uh, Friday, we had our Friday game group. They have explored the first level of Tomb. And they have yet to figure out any of the secrets. <laughs> they, they, they you want to give a little spoiler so they can, uh, those that play in your Friday group can get a little bit of an edge? Give them something. Oh, they, they know what they have to do now, but they got scared. And so they went, we're long resting here. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay. But they figured out the fan, the wind tunnel. So now they're trying to figure out how to open up the sarcophagus in the room. Well, so theoretically, how would one open up a sarcophagus successfully in this room? <laughs> they, 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 they trying, guys. They already know. They have to be inside. There's three five foot by three foot by three foot uh, treasure chest, and there's a key inside. And the only way to turn the key is to be inside. The is treasure a mimic, mimic? No, damn it! But you, make one you have to mimic. You have to be inside there, and you have to close it so you can turn the key. And then when you turn the key, a button appears on the sarcophagus. What if they're so, claustrophobic? Now that sucks to be them because when they touch the button, they take some kind of damage. Okay. And they already figured this all out. So now they have to put three people in <laughs> and do, and each of them is going to take some damage. Okay. So. Have healers on standby. Yep. Gotcha. And there's none there. And then Wednesday was obviously the Super Bowl. Let's or go Sunday. Rams. Sunday, Sunday. Or Sunday. <laughs> he said Wednesday. Sunday. <laughs> Super Bowl Wednesday. It does have a good ring to it. <laughs> yes, but it doesn't roll off the tongue like Super Bowl and Sunday. Sunday happened and uh, also played a little D&D with my goddaughters. Nice. So they wanted to play a little, so we did that before the game. And I enjoyed the Super Bowl all the way through. Yes. <laughs> Of course you did. You're a Rams fan. Hey, whatever. I'll take <laughs> shout it. Shout out to the MVPs, the refs. <laughs> hey, on both sides, they didn't call a face mask. Oh, that, there was just one bad call. Not the one that cost the game. <laughs> then, uh, but overall, you know, they, well, I'll be the first one to say we bought that Super Bowl, and I'm okay with it. It's okay to buy a Super Bowl. I have no problem. I'm a Ooh. New York Yankees fan. I don't have a problem with people buying shit, okay? And, and they ain't making it back next year because half the team's uh, not coming back, people. Well, so. OBJ just tore his ACL, I think, oh, during yeah. that game. Uh, but he's up for a contract anyway, so I think they're just going to let that go. Uh, but anyways, he, he was crying like a bitch. <laughs> yeah. uh, also, uh, I, I did get a lot of laughs in the room over at Ken M's house as I realized that OBJ looks like a fucking Care Bear. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's got the Care Bear look. Yeah. Um, I will say about it, I mean, I, I didn't have a dog in the fight. I didn't care. I just thought that was a really ill-placed call. I, the, the one was a, be, was a blown call. Uh, there was on the on the big play that would have turned the, the game to the other side. There was no holding. It was a good defensive play. The stuff in the end zone was kind of back and forth, and they kind of even knew that it was a bad play because they were like, "Oh, we pulled that. We blew the play dead. That would have gotten the first touchdown." I think that that was the referees' crew of being like, "Oh yeah, we got one back for you," but it didn't work out so much. <laughs> Although I want to say this for all the shit J, uh, Jalen Ramsey talk, man, he got burned all game, and he's lucky that Donald got that sack because if Burrow has two more seconds. Yeah. It's going to be touchdown Cincinnati because the yes. video shows that uh, Jalen Ramsey's laying on the ground and fucking Jamar yes. Chase is would have been gone. Yeah. Yeah. There was no way they would have connected. It would have been a fucking touchdown, and that would have been a loss. So he better thank God that A.A. Ron Donald got in there for the, uh, the, the sack. But, I mean, it was a good game other than that. Me and Ron also, just going to my week before we go to Diesel's week, uh, me, and, me and Ron went and saw uh, Licorice Pizza on yes. uh, Thursday. We definitely recommend it. We 
will be doing an extra one. And I know there's a lot of you going, you keep saying about extra things. Yeah, but we have to keep shuffling the deck because of Diesel's Hell Weeks, okay? <laughs> so this week we had to shuffle the deck. Originally, we were going to try to do Moonfall still as an extra, and then we were going to do Licorice Pizza as this week's thing, but Diesel couldn't make it to Licorice Pizza because of his commitments. So therefore, <laughs> me and Ron will do that as an extra, and we just put Moonfall in the back pocket to do it this week. So you're going to hear the Moonfall re review and the Diesel's Movie Club review the spot this week because that was the last movie Diesel could see before his Hell Week. So we will be giving you some extra coming up uh, just because you know Diesel could not make some of these things so we want to be fair about that I just want to let it out there that is the real truth of the matter and uh, speaking of that Diesel how how has it been so far I mean I know we're just short in we're only two two working days yeah. but three days into it how's everything going in your world man they test me they really <laughs> really test me no it hasn't been too bad um Run the store Saturday during the Kamigawa Neon Dynasty pre-release. Wasn't too bad. We had 13 for the noon. I was able to get the owners out of here by like 2 o'clock so they can make it up to Syracuse so they can go make get their hotel, be well-rested for their flight to Hawaii. So got them out of here early. Um, everything ran relatively smooth. We had a couple of rushes, and then we've been having a lot of inventory issues with uh, cards showing in stock, not in stock. And I'm not sure if it's like a, the program glitching because it's a massive program that's used by a lot of game stores or what. But so when you're trying to find something and it like you got like a 10 page order and then you just get derailed and then you got people waiting, it gets a little hectic. But we managed through it. And then yesterday was a lot less stressful. We did have bigger rushes. Like there was just a couple big rushes through the day that we didn't think we'd get through, but we did. We made it through. I'm very glad I had a day off, and I have a newfound respect and confusion for uh, our good friend here, Ricky, how <laughs> he has not snapped at one of these people yet. Ah, well, Two days in, I was ready to. <laughs> uh, see, Diesel, this is the first time you've ever worked a real customer service yes. atmosphere. And uh, yeah, anybody who's ever worked customer service will tell you that it is, that is that's why we should pay them more, yeah. is because the fact that your customer service reps do not murder you yeah. is completely the reason. As somebody who's worked a lot of customer service, I know Ron has as well in his life, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the reason you should probably make more, because murdering people seems like a great fucking option. Yeah. Yes, but... Well, We'll get through there. We're 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 tricking along, and yeah, it's, it's going to be a long two weeks, though. I hear you there, but before we go any further, let's do the opening plugs. Of course, if you would like to say anything to us, say hi, give us a movie to review, give us something you would like us to talk about, or give your opinions whether you agree, disagree, or anything else. You can hit us up on social media, Three Fat Nerds Podcast on Facebook, like and share the page. Three Fat Nerds Pod on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. Hashtag 3FN Pod. Whenever talking about the show, and remember for everything, it is the number three, not the word three. That does come up sometimes. Of course, if you would like any information about what we do here, just go to our very public website, 8122productions.com. You can find everything there. The T Public Store is there, so you can buy some swag. They have the link for Twitch, twitch.tv slash 607 podcast. You know, every week, Monday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, myself and Ken M from the Ocho. Duro Parley Hour podcast, talking all things pro wrestling live on Twitch. Of course, it's also in podcast form by searching 607 TWS ever, wherever you get great podcasts. Of course, also there's the link there to uh, our, our band, the bands that let us use their music, copyright free. Of course, big shout out to Shout Out the Robots, who do our theme song, Fail Better. Check them out. Get all their information right there at the website as well. Of course, uh, there's also like local sponsors of the show. 
like Dragon Master Games, like Rex to Rods Auto, you can check out that section. And of course, last but certainly not least, friends of the show like the ODPH and our good friends at Sci-Fi Horror Fest coming up August 26th and 27th in Ver Ver Vernon, New York at Vernon Downs Racino. Uh, so make sure you're checking that out. We got some celebrities announcements coming very soon from those fine folks at Sci-Fi Horror Fest. Uh, of course, also on there is the link to Patreon. If you'd like to get more bonus content for as little as $1 a month, you can do that at patreon.com slash 8122productions. Uh, sign up. It's a lot of fun, and uh, there's a lot of bonus content that comes at you. And last but certainly not least, I would also like to point out all the show's information, whether it's 607 TWS, Horror Zone 607, or the Three Fat Nerds podcast is all there at 8122 Productions as well, including all of the places where you can listen to uh, the Three Fighters podcast. And that's a lot of places. It's pretty much every major podcast provider. If we're not on something, let us know, because I think we're pretty much on all of them. So with that being said, one-stop shop, 8122productions.com. All the links are there. Or if you would like the hyperlinks to anything specific, including the website, they are listed in the liner notes for this very show, wherever you get this great podcast. And I hit the warning track. Hit the warning track. I'm trying to I'm trying to break it down so we don't hit the warning track so much. But we do have a big show this week, so I want to dive right in because you know what? It's time for this week's edition of the Nerd News. Bing, bang, boom. Yeah, give it to him. So, with that being said, we do have a lot. And, of course, because the Super Bowl went down this past Sunday, there was a lot of trailers that either uh, preceded it or debuted during it or a teaser to send you where. And, of course, let's start with the big heavy hitter I think that everybody was waiting for. And that, of course, was the Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness trailer. It did go down. There was a little teaser during the first quarter, right before kickoff of the game, that, sends you, that told you to go watch the rest of the trailer online. It was out then. So, of course, we watched that. We watched the uh, main trailer as well. We're going to break it down a little bit. We're not going to do the deep dives. There's a lot of people out there do live reactions and stuff on YouTube and slow things down and check out the posters. Trust me. Uh, we're going to mention some of the stuff, but we're not going to just, you know, that's, that's for the people who do that. Uh, but the trailer I'm going to just throw it out there. Very good trailer. And I'm going to be on that team. Yes, you did hear Patrick Stewart. I just want to throw that out there. I, I do believe yes. that Patrick Stewart, in some capacities in this movie, is he Professor X? That would be fucking awesome. And, uh, and if they do Illuminati, and it is Professor X and, and Reed Richards, it'd be a great way to bring the X-Men and the Fantastic yeah. Four into the universe. I just want to throw that out there. That, that's just my two cents. I think that's the biggest thing in the trailer. I mean... Other people are, are, you know, would say that, you know, superior Iron Man, maybe, possibly. We might have saw him. There was a little bit of zombie action, it looked like. Yeah. And, of course, we got better looks at Strange Supreme, if you will. Yep. Uh, I like the trailer overall. I was already pumped for this movie, let's be fucking honest. Yeah. But uh, I think it did a great job. Ron, how did you feel about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness trailer? Yeah, it's uh, definitely uh, made a lot more sense of what's going to happen. Like, the, the first trailer was fine. And obviously, we're all pumped for this movie and whatever. But like, there's people slowing down, the glass breaking, and all that stuff, and seeing what's like in, in reflecting. Yeah. Um. So, so take some of that as a grain grain of salt because you know you can superimpose something on that and all that stuff. But like, they're hinting at uh, 
Captain Carter. They're hinting at, you know, but I think that's just because of the What If series, so you might not actually see the whole well, thing. Well, also on the poster, one of the yeah. glass pieces does have the shield, the, yeah. the Captain Carter shield, but that doesn't mean... Yeah, it, That it, doesn't mean I just, I'm just throwing it out there. That's just there. Yeah, it's just there. It's probably because of the What If series and that it's actually part of all this. That's how we get Superior Supreme or you know, Sorcerer Supreme there. And uh, that's definitely Patrick Stewart. And I'm going with the Illuminati. And I'm going with, you know, it's probably going to be Tom Cruise as the Iron Man. Um, and I'm, I know I'm pulling a lot of, you know, strings here. And, you know, Namor's going to show up there. And this is going to be how, you know, Doctor Strange becomes part of the Illuminati. So. What? All right, Diesel, how'd you feel about the Multiverse of Madness? I know you don't dive too deep on the comic book side, so you're just going to be coming right from a music movie aspect. Yeah, um, definitely loved it. Um, still still have a lot of questions because, you know, these are well-done trailers that aren't giving the movie away, which we applaud. Kudos yes. to that, by the way. Um, uh, but, yeah, it looks really great. Um, I think uh, the Scarlet Witch little spots in there look great. Her with, like, the broken glass eye. Yes. Oh, yes. I can't wait to see this. Um, yeah, it just looked really good. Um, and then, yeah, give me – I'll just take my money because Strange Supreme. Yes, and, you know, the question is what's – they're showing us that's not going to be in the movie. Yeah. It's also a thing because there's going to be something. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, why yeah, I think yeah. all that little stuff of, like, Captain Carter and stuff is just like, yeah, what if it's part of this, but we're not going to see it. Yeah, I think it's just a way to make the whole what if series part of the canon, yeah. which is cool. Yeah. Good, good. I mean, we knew that coming in yeah. with the, the Strange Supreme showing up in the first teaser there at the end of Spider-Man, which, of course, became the teaser period afterwards. Uh, May 6th. So we don't have to wait too much longer for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Cannot wait. It is marked on the calendar as it is the second largest uh, uh, comic book movie of the year that will be coming out at that point because, obviously, we got the Batman right around the corner and that being the first. Uh, next up on trailers, and this dropped a little, they dropped this uh, earlier in the week. I think it was Wednesday or Thursday when it initially dropped. And, of course, it was before the Super Bowl, but it was nice to have it online before that. And, of course, Jurassic World Dominion got its first major trailer. And, of course, we got to see the legacy characters come back as Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and uh, Jeff Goldblum were a big part of that, as well as, well as, the, as, well as Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt, of course, reprising their role in the world. So we're bringing Jurassic Park and Jurassic World together, which we kind of knew was going to happen. Uh, but we, we now got that uh, little insight. I also want to point out, before we talk about the trailer, a uh, little piece of cool news. I was bored on Sunday, so I watched some of the uh, Peacock's Super Bowl uh, you know, pregame show. And part of it was uh, this where Dale and her junior and somebody else, I can't remember who it was, were traveling to different locations in Los Angeles. One of them was Universal Studios, where they met up with Jeff Goldblum. Oh, nice. And they asked Jeff Goldblum, uh, if, if, without spoiling it, if he could want to say anything about the new, wor the new movie, Jurassic World, Domin Jurassic World Dominion. sorry. And he said, ah, I'm going to get myself in trouble. But uh, he's like, let me just say this. He's like, I won't get myself in trouble. It's nice to have the legacy characters back, and it looks like we're tying a nice little bow on the Jurassic Park slash Jurassic World world. And uh, this could be a good finale. Nice. So it looks like this could be the last piece of the series. However, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the trailer. Diesel, how did you feel about the Jurassic World Dominion trailer? Honestly, as good as the Doctor Strange trailer was, I'm slightly more excited for this movie. Really? That's yeah. Surprising. Which... I enjoyed the Jurassic World movies, but nothing compares to the first Jurassic Park. That movie is probably top 25 all time for me. But this one just seems like it looks like they're kind of going like Jurassic Park 2, but doing it right. Yeah. I like the scenes with like them like riding horses with alongside a pack. Like for some reason, I'm just like. 
dude, this is the movie I want to see. I cannot <laughs> wait for this. Some of it still looks a little bit like, all right, whatever, but this looks good. And anytime you get, you know, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Golden Black, I'm all in. Right on. Uh, Ron, how are you feeling about the Jurassic World Dominion trailer? I'm good with it. It's it's definitely it seems a little bit more better than what the two was <laughs> because of the whole house thing. But, you know, it. I'll take it. It's it, If they are putting a nice little bow on it, it's good. Uh, I, if they continue to go on with it, so be it. it. If it makes money, I get it. You know, I'm going to enjoy it regardless. Listen, I, I I enjoy these movies for what they are, but let's be honest, they're never been really. It's never been a really great franchise. I mean, I, I I'm gonna be honest, but am I gonna go see this movie? Yep, and I had do have high hopes. I do thought I do think that this looks like one of the possibly one of the better installments of the movie. It's definitely giving us something we've never seen before in the Jurassic Park slash Jurassic World. Uh, experience now you could argue that in lost world they did have a t-rex running around la a little bit but that was just one animal we have all of these animals and they're and they're everywhere and that was that's so this is going to be a a new twist so i have some hopes i'm going to go in with optim being optimistic of course jurassic world dominion hits movie theaters on june 10th 2022 uh we will definitely be reviewing it on this show next up is another in my opinion was probably one of the most anticipated trailers of Super Bowl week. And that, of course, is the next Jordan Peele horror movie called Nope. And the reason why this is so anticipated is that up until this trailer, we had zero clue what Nope was about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even after this trailer, I don't think they gave too much away. And actually, it made me intrigued, and I liked it more. Now, I know a lot of people just saw the uh, trailer that was part of the Super Bowl, which was still pretty cool. But there is a longer trailer that you can watch. It is available on YouTube and online uh, that gives a little more background. And so basically, in a nutshell, I know Diesel didn't see this at all, so I'm going to kind of give it a little a little plug notes. Uh, basically, it looks like they, the, the, these, these two people are grandkids of the first or great, great, great grandkids of the first uh, person who was ever shot on film. Like not shot shot, but you know, was, was captured on film. And it was their grandfather. And not only that, he's a black man. So the first person ever photographed on film was a black man riding a horse. And they, they go through this the thing and they're like, we're his grandkids and we own this horse ranch. And this has been in our ranching has been in our family forever. And da 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 da. And they, so they give you a nice little introduction to them. And then weird shit starts to happen and it looks like it's aliens. I don't know. <laughs> I can't quite put it there, but. All I can say is it looks interesting as hell, and he has not given me a reason to uh, doubt him yet. Uh, how did you feel about the trailer, the parts of it that you did see? And I know I explained a little more of the longer one to you here as well. Diesel. Uh, yeah. Um, from what I hear, because I've never seen one of his movies, but like his movies seem to do really well. He seems to be a like very good filmmaker. So this one actually sounds like the first one that might actually interest me to go see. So that's a huge plus. <laughs> I think you should definitely go yeah. see this one. I don't think yeah. this is going to be too bad. It's got a hell of a cast. We'll talk yeah. about that in a second. But, uh, Ron, how did you feel about the trailer? Uh, I'm intrigued, especially after uh, Get Out and Us. So, I mean, we'll see where it goes. He has a habit of leading you one way and showing you something yeah. different at the end. So I'm, I'm good for it. And I know I'm going to butcher the name, but of course it stars Daniel Kaluuya, yep. uh, who we're big fans of. I mean, yeah. he was amazing in uh, Jesus and the Black Judas. Uh, he was uh, and he was also amazing uh, in, of course, the Black Panther movie yeah. and so much. He's just he's a great fucking actor. I just want to throw that out there. Uh, also, Kiki Palmer, uh, she's been doing really well in movies. But here's the two that I think that you're going to be most interested in: uh, Stephen Wynn from the uh, Walking, Walking Dead. Dead is in it, okay. as well as Michael Wincott. It's been a long time since you heard Michael Wincott's name. Of course, one of the most famous things he ever did was The Crow. 
Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So he's 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 in this movie as well, uh, and there's many more people in the cast. I'm just kind of giving you yep. uh, kind of an all star look at it. Uh, once again, Jordan Peele has not let us wrong, and of course, we'll all be able to find out in July. July twenty second, twenty twenty two is when we will get to see Nope, and I'm sure that we'll get another trailer. But hopefully, they don't give more away because I like the fact that he's been very secretive about what this yeah. truly is about. Uh, next up is uh, kind of a couple uh, teasers and, you know, so not a, a lot to go with. But, of course, we got the Moon Knight number two trailer. Uh, let's just jump right into it. Ron, how are you feeling? I know that, like me, you're a big Moon Knight guy. How are you feeling about the Moon Knight trailer for the, the second one? It is. Um, it, like, it didn't give any more, just give you more of Moon Knight as Moon Knight and a little bit of him, Isaac, being a little more uh, crazy, like, yeah. you know, trying, cause trying to figure things out. And just the, just the, the the what it looks like now when he's fighting and he you know he's got his little moon, yeah, bat, batarangs, little, yeah. Little, moon rings, whatever you want to call them. I don't know what it, the actual term they, that he actually uses. I forget. Can I'm gonna kill me and take my nerd card away? But like he shows him throw, you know, it's like coming to him or yeah. so. You know, it's I, I'm all in, dude. Like I've been waiting for this thing for a while. <laughs> I just want to throw it. It looked cool. Yeah. It, it was shot epically. We got to see like the transformation into the suit was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, I did, really dug it. Diesel, how'd you feel about the second trailer? I mean, once again, it, it was a little teaser, but it was still good. Uh, for me, this was, was was like two steps forward, three steps back. Like I, I, I get what they were trying to do with the moonerang and the um, the cape, kind of like going into the crescent moon. But to me, it kind of looked really cheesy. That, that, that being said, like. I'm still intrigued. I'm hoping that they go a little bit uh, past the line for what they should do for Disney Plus. Like, I want to see blood on the suit and all that stuff. I, like, I, I don't know if it's going to get there, though. Like, I'm kind of concerned now after seeing that 30 second little teaser on that one. I was like, this is what you came with on the Super Bowl? I get it. I, but that moon crest with the cape is it's just from the comics. So I know, were, but for some reason, it just looked weird. Yeah, like, it, not like I understand the comic visual, but yeah. it. That's the the idea was there. there, but the implementation of it wasn't that good. I don't think. I, I get it. I mean, it's but it's, it's the only reason why it's yeah. there is because that's just the iconic show. To me, I was already at just take my money, so it didn't really improve or or, 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 or salted it to me. I did think some of it looked very cool, but you know, I just cannot wait till it drops on March thirtieth on. Disney Plus, for everybody to know. And last but certainly not least, we got a second teaser because it was part of a Netflix trailer, uh, which showed a bunch of things quickly that they're going to be doing in 2022. But this is the biggest one that comes out first. And, of course, it is starring uh, Ron's Man Crush Hall of Famer, Ryan Reynolds. And, of course, that is The Adam Project. And we got to see a brief teaser of this. Um, I, all I got to say is it, it's a strange, it looks like time travel movie. Yeah. Uh, Ron, you're the, yeah. the, the connoisseur of all things <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. How are you feeling about this teaser trailer? I'm a, I'll watch it regardless. Like, I even watched Red Notice, and I really wasn't that much of a fan of Red Notice. But uh, it's, it is definitely, it seems, the way that they're showing you is it's supposed to be him coming back to seeing his younger self for whatever reason, whatever they got to stop. Well, according to the actual synopsis that they do have, this brief one, it's a time-traveling pilot teams up with his younger self and his late father to come to terms with his past while saving the future. Yeah, yeah. and so, you know, that whole thing. But, I, I like, I looked over at Rody Josh and I said, well, you know, if I, you know, ever had time travel and my older self showed up and I looked like Ryan Reynolds, I'd be like, yep, I pretty much think I did pretty damn good. I'd faint too. <laughs> so you know, if I if I travel back in time and talk to my younger self, one, don't sell your magic cards. <laughs> two, they've already made this movie. It's called Frequency. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no. I get it. I, and we'll see what happens with it. It's it's Netflix. Original. Yeah. It's supposed to be Netflix quote unquote original. Yeah. You know, I got to throw it out there. Great cast, by the yeah, way. Yeah. You have Ryan Reynolds as the lead character, Adam. You have uh, Braxton Jorkin. I, I hope I said that right. He is the young man who is playing young Adam. And then you have the parents, Ellie and uh, Lewis Reed, played by Jennifer Garner and Mark Ruffalo. And then uh, Laura, who I'm That's assuming right. is some kind of a love interest, is played by Zoe Saldana. So you have a great cast, and there's many more people in the cast. But when you start off with that cast, I think you're, you're doing yeah. pretty good. You're doing pretty damn good for yourself. Uh, once again, The Adam Project will be hitting Netflix on March 11th, 2022. So right around the corner, right after The Batman. So uh, I'm sure that we'll be reviewing that movie as well. Let's be honest. Uh, let's talk about some more big time news, and we'll stay in the world of Netflix. We've got a cast reveal for Zack Snyder's next gigantic film coming to Netflix called Rebel Moon, which uh, a lot of people are saying it is a Star Wars inspired film, and I think it it pretty much is from what we've seen. Uh, and here we go. According to Deadline, the project is being headlined by. Charlie Hoonman, Devani Hunsa, Ray Fisher, Donna Bay, Jenna Malone, Stasnire, E. Duffy, Charlotte Maggie, and Sky Young, who joined the previously announced Sophia Batelli. Uh, Rebel Moon is based on a pitch Snyder originally envisioned as a Star Wars movie. This is me growing up as an Akira Kurosawa fan, a Star Wars fan, Snyder said in July 2021. It's my love of sci-fi and a giant adventure. My hope is that this also becomes a massive IP, a universe that can be built out. I've spent the last two or three years building out this universe. Every corner has to be painted in. I've been doing designs, constantly drawing, and really cultivating its fertile ground to make this world fully realized. Uh, how are you feeling about these announcements for Rebel Moon? Uh, <laughs> Diesel, tell us uh, how you feel. I, I don't know. It's Is it part of Star Wars? No, it was originally pitched for Star Wars. It was originally pitched for Star Wars, but now it's its own thing. Yeah, I don't Just know. Just like Star Wars was originally uh, pitched as a Buck Rogers movie and yeah. then became Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I can't wait for more announcements and get more information on this. I'm very hesitant. I think that's the yeah. safest way to put it. Basically, it's just he was supposed to be doing a Star yeah. Wars movie. He pitched this idea. They didn't take it, obviously. Yeah. So he's like, well, I'll just change it up a little bit and just whatever and try to put it out there and make some money. Yeah. It's what happens with a lot of projects. Yeah. Like you said, Buck Rogers or Star Wars was originally supposed to be Buck Rogers. Didn't take off. So they moved on. Yeah. And now look. So is there potential to move to something bigger? Yes, it's Zack Snyder, though. So we're going to put this as a grain of salt over here and see what happens when it comes out. But I just see a huge potential for a giant lawsuit. <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, it all depends. I mean, how, how much he has changed. They're not lightsabers. They're light swords. They're, they're laser swords. Are, are there Care Bear looking fuckers on this Rubble Moon base? I don't know. <laughs> no, they're not Care Bears. <laughs> this is a secret prequel to uh, Moonfall, yeah. which we'll be talking about <laughs> this like after the show. Uh, but anyways, yeah. Uh, needless to say, uh, we'll wait to see. As of yet, there is no release date for Rebel Moon. Uh, next up, we do have uh, another for a little fun one. Uh, we have a casting announcement for a Sony film in the Spider-Man verse, because you know they couldn't just call it the Spidey verse, but whatever. What? And of course, uh, that is that Russell Crowe is joining the uh, Craven the Hunter movie. 
Uh, as yet, it is unexplained who he's going to be playing, but this is a good sign for those folks out there to say that this means that this movie should be going to production soon since they've now casted another gigantic name in Hollywood. Of course, we know that Aaron Taylor Johnson is slated to play Craven the Hunter, but outside of that, we do not know anything else really about this movie. Uh, go ahead, uh, Ron. How are you feeling about this news? Oh, it's fine. Like I said, I already pitched the idea that I think it's going to happen. It probably isn't, but uh, Russell Crowe is probably going to be the older Craven, just reminiscing his greatest hunt on Spider-Man. Uh, you know, whatever. And you know, I, I, I'm probably completely off, but it seems like the story yeah. that's going to happen. Uh, but well, we'll see. I mean, it's Sony, so this is why. <laughs> I'm kind of like thinking this is what it is. Yeah, last week or a couple of weeks ago, I was bitching about Sony just needs to like when we got the um, uh, Madame Web uh, announcement, yeah. just go with your greatest hits. Here we are, Craven. Yeah, um, Russell Crowe's a great addition to any film. He's a great actor, so getting a, a big name like that attached to it, depending it's, on what the role is, who cares? Yeah, is just a good sign. So, or, or he's the father of Craven, teaching Craven how to yeah. hunt. It's 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 the only. In my eyes, the only two logical spots for it. Yeah. Unless, you know, they want to pull in. Well, you know, we haven't seen Uncle Ben in the Tom Holland Spider Man yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, unless they want to pull him in as Uncle Ben, but that would bring up a whole lot of new questions about anime. But that's besides the point. <laughs> uh, a lot of questions I want answers to. Oh, <laughs> lovemaking must be beautiful. <laughs> no. But, yeah. It is what it is. No, I agree. Uh, we'll, we'll find out sure enough and, and surely enough. But uh, for those of you interested, Craven the Hunter is slated to come out in theaters on January 13th, 2023. So this means it's my birthday movie, Joy. Yeah, uh, not as good as this year's birthday movie, yeah. which was Scream, but damn, <laughs> Joy. All right. Well, we got a couple more things to talk about, and one of them is gigantic, and you know we go over this every year on this show, and of course that is the Oscar nominations just came out this past week after we recorded, of course. So now we're going to talk a little bit about the Oscar nominations. I'm not going to go through every single uh, Oscar nomination. We're just going to go into like the bigger ones, and also into the fact that, uh, let's just get it out of the way, Spider-Man No Way Home was is only nominated for one award. Comic book movies as a whole are only there's only two of them for one award yeah and that of course is visual effects which they're also in the running free guy no time to die in dune yeah i think that that's a travesty and we'll let it breathe we'll talk about it later uh but uh i will say this uh we because we love songs and music here uh for best song we have be alive and king richard dos orgatos and a canto down to joy in belfast and no time to die from no time to die uh, also, best scores, we have uh, the Don't Look Up score, Dune, Encanto, Parallel Mothers, and The Power of the Dog. Uh, so those are that. And like I said, we're going to kind of skip around. Best Cinematography, Dune, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of Macbeth, West Side Story. I don't understand why West Side Story is We're going to, like I said, uh, kind of let's, let's save just, uh, I mean, I understand we all are going to talk, but I, I yeah, think that, I that we should just save it to the end, believe it or not, for once. No, I know. I'm sorry. Uh, no, you're fine. I just wanted to let you know. Original screenplay. Best original screenplay. Belfast. Don't Look Up. King Richard. Licorice Pizza. And The Worst Person in the World. I, I'm hoping that Regal is going to show all of these. They yeah. have started to show some of them. Hence, we saw Licorice Pizza. Because I really do want to get it because we're going to see some of those movies come back up again. For best adapted screenplay, you have Coda, Drive My Car, Dune, The Lost Daughter, and The Power of the Dog. Now it brings us to best supporting actress. 
Jesse Buckley for The Lost Daughter. Ariana DeBose for West Side Story. Dame du Judy Dench for Belfast. And Kirsten Dunst in The Power of the Dog. Yep. For Best Supporting Actor, we got Saran Hines, Belfast. Troy Kutzer, Coda. Jesse Plemons, The Power of the Dog. A good, a good friend of the show here, J.K. Simmons, being the Ricardos. Cody Smith-McPhee, The Power of the Dog. Best Actress, Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter. Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers. Nicole Kidman for Being the Ricardos. And Kirsten Stewart for Spencer. All right. Next up, Best Actor, Javier Bardem, Being the Ricardos. Benedict Cumberbatch, The Power of the Dog. Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom. Will Smith, King Richard. And Denzel Washington, The Tragedy of Macbeth. Brings us to Best Director, Kenneth Brangha, Belfast. Rasuke Hamaguchi, Drive My Car. Paul Thomas Anderson, Licorice Pizza. Jane Campion, The Power of the Dog. Steven Spielberg, West Side Story. And last but not least, Beck's Picture, which there is 10 nominees. Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog. And most importantly, West Side Story. The biggest box office bomb of the fucking pandemic is nominated for six awards, including Best Picture. With a budget of $100 million and a box office of $64.5 million. Yes. Like I said, it's been one of the biggest box office bombs. Don't Look Up, the Netflix movie, is nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We're going to get in trouble just like fucking, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to get in trouble just like Kevin Smith did. But yet, the highest grossing movie of the pandemic era... And not to mention one of the highest grossing movies of all time, Spider-Man No Way Home, isn't even nominated. I'm not saying it should win, but we've talked about this before. I think it should be nominated. What do we really judge these fucking movies by? And don't tell me artsy, because why is West Side Story there? Yeah. Because West Side Story was a remake that nobody fucking wanted. And nobody went to see. And nobody went to see. Why? Was it because they were so brave? If you want to hear about that, we'll talk about it during the break. Ugh. <sighs> Uh, for for patrons, so you're yeah. on Patreon, yeah. Patreon.com slash eight one two two productions. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk some some on the break. But uh, so so West Side Story, like I haven't seen Nightmare Alley yet. I really do want to see it. I've heard nothing but good things about it. Uh, Power of the Dog, I haven't seen. I did see Liquor's Pizza, liked it. I did see King Richard and liked it. Uh, Dune, we did like. Yep. Uh, I haven't seen Drive My Car, Coda, or Belfast. Belfast looks really good. Belfast is my early uh, Oscar pick for a lot of awards. But that being said, it's like you knew that was going in. That's an Oscar-made film. Oh, yeah, absolutely. West Side Story is not even an Oscar-made film. It wasn't made for the Oscar. The only Oscar it was made for was like you know best original song because you know they have to put in an original song in. Yeah, they put a new song in just to have an original song. Yeah, this is just uh, wow. (laughs) I just think it's funny that this is what we've come to. Like, and and then there's people out there like, oh, get over it. Like, no. The problem is the Oscars allegedly, and we've known this for years. And there's nothing getting over. We've known for years that this is just a weird Hollywood thing that they do. Yeah. Because there's no rhyme or reason to why they pick the nominees. There's no rhyme and reasons on the winners. It's whatever they vote on from the people who are voting on. And a lot of it's bullshit. 
And we've, we've known this for years. It's the same as the Grammys. Winning one probably doesn't mean shit because, you know, if you ask me, would I rather win an Oscar or have the highest grossing movie of, of, of the year and possibly all time? I'm going to go with the highest yeah. grossing movie of the year all time for 1000 Alex. You know why? Because the royalty checks alone are going to pay me and my family for the rest of my life. And, yeah, it's cool that all your future movies and all your previous movies now when the DVD Blu-ray box cover says, you know, Academy Award winner. But you know what? They'll get you jobs. You know what else will get you jobs? Directing the highest made uh, budgeted or highest box office movie of three years. Like, yeah, <laughs> you're going to get more jobs off of that because that's the most important thing is making money. Yes. Oh, I agree. Well, that's the Kevin Smith philosophy. As long as you never lose money, you can continue to make movies. <laughs> yeah. That's why if you make a movie for ten million and it makes thirty million, you'll always stay in business because yeah. you're going to make your you make your money pass bet. I just my problem is is that there's a lot of people who put a lot of hard work into these things, and I know that people like Roland Emmerich and and and, and others like to downplay the the cookie cutterness of yeah. like uh, of superhero movies, if you will. But that doesn't mean there's not a lot of hard work put in. And I, I'll honestly say, Endgame, if there was ever going to be a movie that should have won the Oscar from that round, it should have been Endgame. Yeah. Endgame had everything. Yeah. It had comedy. It had drama. It had action. There, It had all the feels. It felt like, at times, in a three-hour movie, there was parts of it that felt like an artsy film yeah. because you were put through an emotional ringer, and it didn't even get a nod. And here we go again, Spider-Man. Breaking box office records, especially for the pandemic, oh, yeah. Yeah. and not a fucking nod. It, it's just annoying, and yeah, yeah. we get it. You're going to give us the whole Kevin Smith line. And most people who listen to the show aren't going to give that line because they're they're nerds like us. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's just, it, like, here you go. Why is West Side Story on there? I have, like I said, for patrons, you're going to get to hear it because I have a reason why I think it's on here. But it's a bullshit reason. Mm -hmm. And the same thing, you know. And I'm not I'm not upset about I think Bel I'm with you. I think Belfast is yeah. gonna win. I wanna go see it. I know yeah. it's gonna be at the theater or it's on our local theater, and I'm gonna go see it. Yeah. But I think Belfast, all things that I pointed to and I've seen and read about, Belfast should win this yeah. pretty handily. Yeah. I mean, we saw Licorice Pizza, it's not gonna be the winner, but it was a very good movie. Oh, yeah. I actually it's a great movie. You should see that, but it's not gonna win anything. And like I said, Dune, very entertaining, but for a part one, I don't think it's gonna win the Oscar. King Richard could possibly pull it out of left field. Uh, depending upon how they go, and it was a very good movie. Yeah. I did enjoy it a lot, and it's definitely an Oscar quality movie. Yeah. This is what you look for in an Oscar movie. And I think there's Nightmare Alley. I think is a little too ahead of its time for the Oscars because the Oscars don't ever go with anything that's like yeah. cutting edge. Yeah. They always go with something else. Uh, it's weird to me. I just wish that they would just come out and give us a fucking straight answer on why they choose. And like I said before. The highest, the highest grossing movie of every year should at least get a nomination. And just give the nomination. You don't have to win. Yeah. Just get a nomination because I think that is the that is overall. That means that the people with their wallets have voted that the best movie. And, and if you're going to look down on the comic book genre in a whole, because you know it's not original or whatever reason cookie cutterness, how the hell is an already established franchise that's been a movie, been a musical? You add one song and you do some pretty little dresses twirling around. That's now Oscar worthy. Yeah, it's nothing new. Yeah. It's something that's it's been same, done before. It's already the same. It's already the same story. We are, yeah. already heard it. Like it, that's not an original play, so it's not an original idea. Yeah. Oh. You know. I, it, and, it, and like to the minor extent too, like all those movies, like best cinematography. One of our favorite movies from this uh, last year, last night in Soho. Edgar right. Wright deserves yes. an Oscar nod for that yeah. one. Maybe yeah. not Direct, to win, but... Directorial yeah. one? Maybe no, cinematography? Should, yeah. should that from yeah. that movie? Uh, yeah, I, I, he, he oh. should have had a couple nods for that. Yeah, like I, I'm even fine with not even... You know, definitely not Best Picture. Definitely, I'm even fine with that Best Director. But cinematography, that movie was shot beautifully. Yeah. 
Like the it's just it's nepotism at its best. Like you know, it's a self sucking, pandering to your 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 own crowd where you're trying to be all saying how the world is all fucked up, but you guys know better. But yet you guys are just this weird inbred group of SAG actors and directors, old white guy syndrome. Yeah. That's basically all it is. <laughs> Can we at least get Ricky Gervais to host this year, please? <laughs> uh, please. Yeah, well, I heard they're going to bring back a host. I don't know. Well, Kevin Hart? <laughs> there you go. Uh, unfortunately, I just, I, I'm not, I, I just can't. And like I said, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a dick or, uh, you know, whatever, but come on, guys. Like, yeah. we got to come in. So we uh, unfortunately have sad news to end the nerd news. So like we've done in the past, this is what we're going to do here. We are going to, uh, you know, after this news, we're going to have a brief moment of silence and we're going to go to break. Uh, when we come back for break, of course, Diesel's Movie Triple Stuff comes up and also the Diesel Movie Club Review, which this week will be Moonfall uh, due to things. And we'll talk about that later. Uh, so I just want to let you guys know that up front, because obviously we're going to go to a moment of silence because we got some very sad news uh, yesterday. As a matter of fact, Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, late at breaking. Um, Ivan Reitman uh, has passed away at the age of 75. Uh, I'm going to tell... A little story in a minute, but uh, let's. Uh, I'm going to read this right from our good friends at the Associated Press because I think they wrote a, a really nice uh, little bit about him. Uh, so Ivan Reitman, celebrated filmmaker behind Ghostbusters and Animal House, has died. Uh, this is the statement his family uh, presented to the uh, Associated Press. Our family is grieving the unexpected loss of a husband, father, and grandfather who taught us to always seek the magic in life. Uh, Reitman's children's Jason, Catherine, and Caroline said in a joint statement, we take comfort that his work as a filmmaker brought laughter and happiness to countless others around the world. While we mourn privately, we hope those who knew him through his films will remember him always. And this is what the Associated Press goes on to write. That was a statement from his family. And they ran on to write, born in the then Czechoslovakia in 1946, Reitman and his family left the country during his youth and settled with relatives in Canada. There he would be, the, there the would-be filmmaker began showing an interest in entertainment, so much so that he graduated with music and drama degrees from Hamilton's McMaster University. His feature film debut came with 1971's Foxy Lady, a comedy that served as the film debut of both Eugene Levy and Andrea Martin. Fast forward a few years and Reitman helmed the irreverent meatballs, often thought by many to be responsible for launching the careers of both Reitman and comedian Bill Murray. Meatballs would also serve as the first of many collaborations between him and Murray. In total, the two worked on four projects together, Meatballs, Stripes, and the first two Ghostbusters films. Reitman largely retired from directing in 2014 after helming the Kevin Costner starring Draft Day. After that, he focused mainly on producing projects including Baywatch, Father Figures, A Babysitter's Guide to Monster Hunting, and Ghostbusters Afterlife. While serving as a producer on Afterlife, Reitman's son Jason took over as the director's chair. Um, every filmmaker is doing autobiographical work no matter what they are doing, Jason shared last year about his experience on the film. I made this movie for my dad. I made this movie for my daughter. I think it mirrors the way that we want to be connected to each other. Um, very telling, and uh, that's where I'm going to jump in and say uh, this past year at New York Comic Con, uh, where we were blessed to be, uh, myself and Ken M from the ODPH, as well as our good friend Dre Driven and our friend Tyler from 30 and Nerdy, all were together at the Ghostbusters panel, and Ivan and Jason Reitman were both on the panel. And, uh, of course, they would end up famously showing us the movie in its entirety, but beforehand, that crowd, you know, New York is Ghostbusters. 
And the fact that Ivan Raymond was there and when he got a standing ovation, it made him emotional is one of those things that now stands with you because as is passing, you're like, man, at least he had, a, you know, we got, I got to see him super happy in October about something that his son did, something that he created and his son, you know, took to the next level, if you will. So, I mean, Ivan Raymond's a legendary, legendary director. Uh, definitely a big hole in Hollywood is going to be missed uh, there. Uh, Diesel, would you like to add anything to that? Yeah, this is a big loss in the world of uh, entertainment, and I swear to God, if they do another Ghostbusters movie, and they do what they did with for Harold Ramis at the end of it, I'm going to lose my shit. I will break down crying. Bye. If I just see the two words for Ivan, I'm going to ugly cry in the theater. <laughs> <pretty much. laughs> Ron? I mean, all in all, his um, library of movies, they're, they're all great in their own right. Like yeah. I, He has not delivered a really a bad movie uh some of them aren't as popular as others but if you're a fan of him and you've watched them all you know what we're talking about you, you know and even as a producer and everything like i've seen every one of his movies and without even realizing he was producers in some because i'm you know back in the day i didn't really pay that close attention uh but this is definitely a big hole um it's it's you know like they made it sound unexpected so yeah you know whatever else was we're, we're just gonna miss now and so it's it's sad yeah, yeah. Well, nothing left to say, but uh, condolences go out to the family, friends, and fans, which we are amongst, of Ivan Reitman. Uh, before the break, we are going to take a moment of silence. What's up, nerds? Tyler Mack here from the 30 and Nerdy Podcast, the flagship show of Bad Cast Company Productions. Now, you are currently tuned in to my favorite three fat nerds, Rich, Ron, and Diesel, our Nerd Council Brothers. After you're done with this amazing show, zoom on over to 30 and Nerdy Podcast wherever you cast your pod hit the subscribe button give us a rating and a review and check out 30 and nerdy podcast.com cheers to you nerds welcome back to diesel's movie Ripple stuff. We're going to go top six this week because I just want to prove a point. Sing 2 comes in at uh, number six with three million more dollars for a total gross of two times what West Side Story made. $143 million. The better singing movie. Uh, number five, though, this week, uh, debuting on the list, Blacklight with $3.6 million. Yeah, that's a new movie. I, oh. I, I, it looks that like Taken. Out? It looks like Taken Part 5. Well, it's Liam Neeson. I'll go see it. Exactly. Uh, Spider-Man, No Way Home, No Way You're Getting an Oscar, with another $7.2 million for a domestic total of $759 million. And yeah. getting closer to the $2 billion mark worldwide yeah. every week. Josh's father-in-law was like, yesterday during the Super Bowl, was like, oh, is everybody going? Is anybody going to the movies anymore? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Spider-Man's taking it all in. Yeah. <laughs> it took all the money. <laughs> Debuting at number three this week, the romantic comedy that's also on uh, one of the streaming services. Peacock. Peacock, Marry Me with $8 million. I knew where you were going with it. My wife's trying to watch it. I'm dodging it like the plague. I'm dodging it like I've dodged a notebook to this point <laughs> in Tuxer in my life. So I will. I shan't be watching Marry Me ever. 
number two this week, on its way to coming up on West Side Story money, Jackass Forever with another $8.1 million. Yeah, they're making a ton of money for, for Jackass. Good kudos on those guys. And then debuting at number one with $12.8 million, Death on the Nile. I'm not surprised it's number one, but man, it, it, it the the price the, the the amounts have dropped in well January February are bad times for movies. Let's yeah. be honest. I mean, the next real big blockbuster is March fourth, yes, which would be the Batman. That's going to kick off blockbuster season. Yeah. But until then, you know, there are some good movies coming out, but obviously uh, not as many people going to see them. Well, speaking of those good movies coming out, coming out this week, Uncharted. That should do well. Yeah. Let's be honest. It is Tom Holland. He is basically playing Spider-Man. I mean, myself and Ron are definitely going to go see it. Uh, Marky Mark's in the movie. So that that's always an add-on, you know? So I think that'll do well. I don't know if it's going to do... I don't think it's going to do blockbuster numbers, though. I think it'll do good, but yeah. It, I, I'm going to call $50 million. And, it, and it's also in that weird category of video game movies, so... It's... I, I'm going to call $50 million. That's my shot right now. I'm going to call $50 million. I, I could be wrong. But I'm going to call, it could go under, but I'm going to call 50 million because I think Tom Holland's a big enough name. And I think Uncharted fans are are, are, are kind of happy that there's that big of a star in a, in a movie. So I'm going to say 50 million. Opening weekend? Opening weekend. Domestic or world? Domestic. I'm not going to go world. I think, I think you're a little high Cause by Because on world, I think I'm going to be, I'm going to be low on world. I think world, we're talking maybe 75, but 50 million. I'm just, I'm, I'm going high. I'm being optimistic yeah. here. What are you thinking? I'm thinking 35 and 50. 30, yeah, that's yeah, fair. Yeah, I, I would yeah. I, I would agree with you more, but I'm just I'm being yeah. optimistic and going on the high end. Ryan? Yeah, yeah, it's all fine. I mean, if I, I'll just be the one and say it'll probably make more money and go up to 65 domestic and then uh, 85 for world. Fine. But I, I doubt I doubt that's going. I, I'm just, yeah, I'm just guessing higher. Just being optimistic. Yeah. I, I honestly think that they could, but I, I think you're right in the part. 35 to 50 million I mean, is probably going to be where they're at. But if it goes under, I'm going to be com- I'm going to be confused. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, Tom Holland's a popular actor now. You get you get Tom Holland off the hype of Spider Man. You get Marky Mark. Mark's finally is back in something that's in theaters that he hasn't been around <laughs> in a while. because yeah, like, he's he's true done all that. Netflix stuff. So that's the same. And it's kind of same demographic, you know, fan wise. So it's an action adventure movie action with some adventure comedy. With comedy, so you know there's going to be some probably females get are being forced to go that don't want to go because they had to go you know force their men to watch Marry Me this Valentine's Day weekend or or well that too but or better yet there's some females are going to go because they like the Tom Hollands and Tom Hollands or Marky Mark Tom Tom Hollands got the, the the women fans. I mean, he's I, off the market, but he's got the women fans. You gotta go, Marky Mark over Tom Holland, though. Well, I Do mean, you see I that go, stash? I go, I go, Marky Mark, but I'm old school. Yeah. But these these younger girls, they they like them some Tom Holland, my friend. Also coming out this week, Dog. I'm gonna go see it, even though I know it's gonna be bad. Uh, it I, looks like it has a surprising amount of heart in it. So I mean, here's here's the problem with it. I I, I don't want to go see it because I don't think it's gonna be great. But I know it's going to make me cry, yeah. so therefore I'm not going to see it. <laughs> no, a movie I know you guys are talking about seeing, The Cursed, also comes out this week. I do kind of want to see this. It looks interesting as hell. I want to see what the what the teeth and everything else is about. So it's, it's, yeah. it's intrigued me, so I definitely want to go see The Cursed. And uh, next week is kind of short-stacked. Cyrano comes out. Nah, I like your joke there, <laughs> Dinklage. Dinklage. <laughs> Fuck him. I know that's a movie you wanted to see, though. I did, until he had to open up his little fucking rat trap. <laughs> <laughs> And take oh, jobs whoa. away. Oh, Jesus, where is it? <laughs> so y'all need to have your kids, have your wife, and have your husband because they're raping everybody out here. Damn it, TZ. Yeah, yeah. Damn it. All right. Now we got a top three. All right. I know we didn't talk about it today, but today when we're recording, you won't know it, but 
It comes out on the 15th, too, but we are recording on Valentine's Day. I have two stunning silver foxes here as my Valentine's dates. <laughs> so this week, I know we've done it before, but it's always changing. We don't remember what we said before, and new movies come out. Your top three favorite rom-coms, and I know one of Rich's. Oh, well, I don't, don't remember the name, but I know who stars we, in it. I was going to say, we everybody should know my number one, because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's that one's never changed. I want to throw this out there. For those at home, that, and this is usually a peek behind the curtain that people on uh, Patreon get, so I'm going to give you a free one. Uh, so when we do our top three lists, we don't find out about them until the production meeting. Yeah. So it's not like Diesel gives us a list like a week earlier, a month earlier, whatever, and we you know we, we look up what we do. This is all off the head. It's off the cuff, off the head. That's how we like to do it. Uh, don't ask me why. It's just how we like to do things around here. <laughs> Uh, so everybody's like, well, you know, why didn't you pick this or that? I'm like, hindsight's 2020, <laughs> you know, usually I have one good one and then everything else I'm either going for comedy bits or I'm going for like, that's what came into my head at that moment yes. because we do this on the fly. Literally we found out as of right now, I'm looking at the clock. It's an, we're an hour and 35 minutes in. I know that you guys at home aren't because yeah, I remember patrons get the break and the preemptive. So we're so we learned about this probably about an hour and twenty minutes yeah. ago. Yes. <laughs> so I, that is all. And by the and I've been talking about other things. Yeah. Well, we don't even like we used to ask Diesel early what's going on, and then he just kept just waiting until the last minute to tell us. So we're just like okay, then, then on top of that, sometimes he would change it. Yeah. Like oh man, I forgot about this, so we're changing it, and then, so it just became fucking. Just tell us on the fly. Do it live, guy. Fucking do it live. All right. So with that being said. That's enough uh, of Destination. By the way, two of my movies are going to make their first appearance, I think, on any of these lists. And they're kind of the same movie, but I like them both. Okay. And then my number one has never changed in this. So uh, my number three, Trojan War. Okay. Do you remember that movie? No. It has the older brother from uh, uh, Boy Meets World. Okay. Stars him. And I'm, I'm, I'm blanking. On, oh, and also Jennifer Love Hewitt's in it. It's going to be... And it's a story about the last night in high school. Okay. My number two pick, and yes, it is a rom-com. My number two pick is Can't Hardly Wait, okay. Yep. Okay. which is kind of the same movie, but a light, slightly better. Uh, but I, if you've never seen Trojan War, I say go watch Trojan War because it's it. very good. I don't good. remember that one. And uh, it, it, it's, a, it's different. They're both oh, no. comedies. They're yeah. both romantic comedies. It's both about getting the girl. Same thing as with Can't Hardly Wait for those who haven't seen it. Or also getting the boy. Ah, yeah, if you compare it in the same vein as Can't Hardly Wait, it's a movie I like. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you'll like this one too because it's it's very similar feels. And then my number one, and it's always been my number one rom com of all time, is Object of My Affection, starring uh, Jennifer Aniston and Paul Rudd, a young Paul Rudd. I think this was only his second major movie because I think he did Curse of Michael Myers right before this. Okay, Paul Rudd's old. What? Paul Rudd is old. He was timeless. He's timeless. Yeah, he's timeless. <laughs> he is timeless. But I'm just saying, Paul. By the way, I, I also want to point out, isn't it funny that Seth Rogen's new best friend is Paul Rudd? Yeah. According to Super Bowl commercials. <laughs> when you cancel your best friend, you need a new one. But anyways. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. Object of my affection will always. And if you've never seen it, I'm going to tell you guys this. Great movie. And my, uh, my usually it makes my list as number two is a movie called Picture Perfect, so I'm going to give it a quick shout-out here. That's Jennifer Aniston and Jay Moore. Okay. Uh, I just didn't make it because I want to give a shout-out to uh, Trojan War in this one because it's amazing. So uh, check that. Check out all those movies that I just listed, especially if you want to watch something with your lady friend because these are ones that you can make it through as a guy. Trust me, they're fucking timeless. Ron. Okay, number three, I'm going to go with The Proposal. Okay. Mm. You know, you got to get a Ryan Reynolds movie in here. Uh, number two. 
Um, just friends. Just friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get a Ryan Reynolds movie in here. Ryan Reynolds in a fat suit still uh, kind of does it for I, me. I was okay. I'm still okay with. I watched that again the other I, day. I love how I said it. It was the answer because I'm like, <laughs> gotta get a Ryan Reynolds. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're gonna try to get three Ryan Reynolds movies in here. I bet my money. What's the number one? Definitely, maybe. Oh yeah, well, I know that one. I know, uh, it, I was a, it was a uh, Valentine's Day uh, release. Uh, it's it's pushing. The rom-com, it's basically just the story of uh, Ryan Reynolds as a single father uh, because him and his, you know, the baby mama are not together. And he's telling the story of how he met his mother to his daughter. But it's uh, it's more of a story where he says, these are, I'll let you pick, try to figure out who your mother is in these stories. And he's telling like three different stories. (laughs) Ah, interesting. Ryan Reynolds was a pimp. Go figure. It's like Billboard Dead meets like the Thirteenth Floor. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not it's not that bad, but it's it's just one of those movies that I've always watched and like. So, Diesel, that means it's on you for top three. All right, number three uh, again, one that was more directed for the guys, I think, but it was definitely a romantic comedy. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. True, true. <laughs> that is a rom com. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, for the guys in the beginning, <laughs> well, dude. I don't care. I will look at his delicious looking penis any day of the week he was hanging some nice it, brain but the funny part about the whole thing is it was a, about an actual breakup that he had yeah. that that all happened so he just did it all yeah. on camera i'm like oh uh number two uh the big sick yeah i have yet to yeah, see that yeah, i want to really see that good. i want to see really that yeah, big sick was really good yeah. uh very good film yes and then number one a little movie starring three like big stars from the 90s uh jenna elfman uh, Edward Norton and Ben Stiller, Keeping the Faith. Ah, I don't that's think a I saw back. I, I know that yeah. movie. That's a throwback. Yeah, it's a. Uh, there are like three like childhood friends. One becomes a Catholic priest. One becomes a Jewish rabbi, and the girl comes back to town, and they both fall back in love with her. I, th- I, haven't, I, ha- I haven't watched it in its entirety, but I've seen. I, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, it, okay. it's, it's a cute movie. Uh, it's a fun one. So yeah. All right, well, now it's going to be time for the Diesel's Movie Club Review of the Week. And, of course, we had to shuffle the deck because the Diesel's busy schedule kept them out. So instead of this being a bonus episode, we were just doing it here because we definitely need to talk about that movie. And, of course, this week's review is going to be the 2022 epic Moonfall. Uh, of course, no need to fear. We're going to give uh, out all the, like, the little knowledge about the movie and give our recommendations and then we'll play the drop for the spoiler alert so if you've had if this is the safe part we will warn you when spoilers are coming and then we'll be talking spoilers and that's on you if you want to stay or not but before we do spoilers let's talk about uh you know the little stats if you will for this movie of course it's got a uh, it was released on january 31st in los angeles february 4th in the united states as a whole it's a runtime of 130 minutes and when i saw that it was a two hour and 10 minute movie i looked at diesel and was like oh fucking shoot me <laughs> uh next up it was distributed by lionsgate and agc international and it was produced by the huai brothers international huai tencent entertainment international centropolis entertainment street entertainment agc studios Holy shit, yeah. production companies. Uh, of course, the uh, it is written by Roland Emmerich, Harold Closer, and Spencer Cohen. And, of course, is directed by Roland Emmerich. Also produced by Roland Emmerich and Harold Closer. Cinematography by Robbie uh, Baumgarten, Baumgartner. Sorry. Edited by Adam Wolf, Ryan Stephen Harris. Music was by Thomas Winder and Harold Closer. And, of course, it stars Halle Berry, Patrick Wilson, John Bradley, Michael Pena, Charlie Prumler, 
Kelly Yu and Donald Sutherland, amongst others. And lastly, but certainly not least, it had a budget of 138 to 146 million. So we'll say 142 million to split the difference. Would you guys like to guess what it made in the box office? I just want to throw out spoilers. Remember, I did give the top six this week, and there was a movie noticeably missing after its on its second week. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> All right, so you guys want to give a guess? Domestically, I remember last week it made like I think like nine to ten in this first week. And I know number six was like three, so I'm saying it's. By the way, this is this is worldwide. Oh, worldwide! All right, I'll I'll put it to twenty million. Ronald, eighteen. Diesel, you were closer, but it was twenty-two million dollars for a big old. <laughs> By the way, Roland Emmerich still blaming it on people uh, watching comic book movies. Yes. Yeah, yes. no, no, no. He's no. coping hard on that one. So before before we uh, go into this movie, <laughs> spoiler free, recommendation, no recommendation, give reasons why. Spoiler free, I want to add, because we're not in the spoiler zone yet. We will start with Ronald. Recommendation and the reason, recommendation or no recommendation, and why. Honestly, I can't recommend this movie. <laughs> Even though I tried to, I tried to give it a little bit more push than Easy Eyes did. Um, yeah, that don't don't bother. Diesel, recommend, not recommend. Why? Okay, so spoiler free. I'm going to give my spoiler free review right now. The moon's going to fall into the earth. Ronald, how was your week? <laughs> it was a great week. Rich, how's work going? That's eh, okay. What, what's new with Bailey? <laughs> you know, she's still running around the Ooh, house. Something shiny. <laughs> I cannot recommend this movie. Unless you go with a friend, because the post-conversation is great. Oh, it's going to be great in the review section, too. Trust me, if you're listening to Spoiler Full Review, it's going to be amazing here as well, because I'm sure some of those points will come back. Uh, I'm also with you guys. No recommendation for this movie. And to piggyback Diesels with Spoiler Free, I have dubbed this ADD the movie. Yes. Because this movie, yeah, all over the place, and there's a squirrel, and it just goes for it. Squirrel. And I can't talk about any more than that until Spoiler Zone, so... That's all you get for right now. Of course, if you have not seen Moonfall and you do not want it spoiled, this is where we bid you adieu. How, and you can go uh, watch it and come back. Now, if you don't give a shit, which you shouldn't give a shit, <laughs> about having this movie spoiled if you haven't seen it, or unfortunately, if you're like us and have seen this movie, this is your time to shine because we're about to have a lot of fun. I will promise you that much. But no matter how you cut it, we are going into the spoiler zone. And it's spoiler time. We're talking Moonfall. <laughs> and let's just get this out of the way. Positives for this movie. Because <laughs> as you know, we don't break down the entire movie here. We just kind of talk about bits and pieces, what we like, what we don't like, and then give our scores later on. Um, so we're going to talk positives first because I guarantee you there is a whole lot less of them. I will start because I only have one positive. The cat's name is Fuzz Aldrin. Diesel go. <laughs> It's all Fuzz Aldrin, baby. That's all I got. <laughs> Ron, go. I mean, if you say special effects, I'll kick you in the no, nuts. no, no, no. I'm not even going to say. I'm not even going to say special effects. But I, they tried to make something out of this. Is they tried to make seventy-five things out of this. Yeah, I know. But like, like they did. They did try to have a story. Like it wasn't that. That like 
I, I will agree with you. If it, they would have shaved off 80% of the tangents, they right. had something working. Right, there. exactly. If they, for whatever reason, wherever they want. But, like, <laughs> they try, like, because I get the fall of Fudge Aldrin, and I'm good with it. I'm, I'm, that's what's hilarious to me. Fudge Aldrin was the all-star of this yes. movie. <laughs> but, like, if they tr- they tried. It just didn't work. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to point out every movie tries. <laughs> yeah, but. Allegedly. I, West Side Story tried. <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will piggyback on you, and it's not going to be the negative as positive. I feel like if they would have steered into the ridiculousness of this movie and made it a comedy and shaved off probably 30 to 40 minutes, this movie could have been better. I'm just going to throw it out there. If they went Mars Attacks way, it probably would have been Absolutely. Epic. Absolutely. Yes. If they would have spoofed disaster films. <laughs> Instead, the first negative I'm going to mention is that they take themselves very seriously in this movie, although the premise and concept is, is really not that serious. Um, secondly... And this is why we, I call it ADD the movie, and I want to get the roundtable on this because we can throw out other things. But the reason I call this ADD the movie is because literally this movie is the worst parts of Contact, Sphere, Arrival, The Core, uh, The Day After Tomorrow, Armageddon, Terminator, and then some sci- shitty sci-fi movies that I'm not going to name here. Uh, and literally, there's a few times in this movie where I looked at Diesel, and I, he'll I'll be honest, and I was like, oh. That's an interesting premise. If they take it somewhere good, we could be in for a good ride. And it would they, literally never no, follow it. And yeah. they wouldn't even they wouldn't even give you a conclusion to it. No. They would just go squirrel and go on to something else. <laughs> and then it would be like, oh, maybe that might take off. Maybe that's cool. That's a cool idea. Squirrel. And you never got any resolutions. Never. Right down to the fact that this is a disaster movie where you don't get to see the fucking disasters. L.A. is flooding because of the tides. And you see the water come in. <laughs> And then you don't see anything else of the flooding. You, like, what is it? Chicago? We decided it might have been Chicago. The only city destruction you see is possibly Chicago. Yeah. And it's not even a full destruction. You see lightning hit some shit and some buildings fall. And that's it. And it's not a lot. It's like two minutes. And then you just see meteors hitting the mountains in, in, in Colorado. Yeah. And it's like nothing like really earth shattering or threatening. No, I, like, it's a disaster movie with no fucking disaster. To be fair, we did see the gravity waves. Oh my god! <laughs> the unexplained gravity waves. I know we're gonna get into that, but like that's why I called the ADD the movie. Oh. Like it just went from thing to thing to thing without giving you a resolution. And by the way, I never felt like any of our our hero characters, if you were, were ever in danger. As a matter of fact, we only lose one of them technically. Two, and the second one made no sense because Michael Payne's character Tom, who's the first? Then he's the only one I remember re- us losing the hero character, Fuzz Aldrin's owner. Oh no! My oh. grandma's alive. They they evacuated her. No, no, no! I'm talking no, about the him, him. himself. But oh, that I, doesn't count. That's at the end. That's different. <laughs> that's fucking different. We'll oh, yeah, get yeah, to yeah. that in a minute. We'll oh get yeah, to that. In a minute. Yeah, we don't lose any actual life. That no, no, we lose. You know, star of the movie Donald Sutherland, who was a character that <laughs> oh did no, not belong no, there. Uh, hold on, did, did, we don't know if we lost him or not. So, he had business at his desk. We know that business was a revolver, but we don't hear a gunshot or we don't no, see they, any they after didn't show that because I got up and took a piss at that time. Yeah, they, they didn't, didn't show nothing. They didn't show nothing. Literally, I went. Did you hear the part where literally he says to Halle Berry, "I have pressing issues at my desk," and he literally. Just goes away. You don't hear a gunshot. You don't hear about him being fucking dead. You just yeah. you know there's a gun on his desk. But it makes no fucking I, sense. I, I got yeah. that part. I got that. I'm like, all right, he's going to go. the movie. Well, I went. He's going to go shoot himself, so I'm going to go take a quick piss and come back. And like I came back, so I just assumed he shot himself. No. So, there's so, no, there's okay. no, Jesus the assu- Christ. The assumption is made that he shot himself. And I will agree with Diesel. The assumption is that he shot himself. However... We never see him shoot himself. We don't hear him shoot himself. And nobody talks about him shooting himself. And why are you going to get Donald Sutherland for this role when you could get any extra actor that looks distinguished or past distinguished? 
Yeah, save a little money. I mean, that that the whole LA flooded scene, you know, was matchbox cards and cardboard. <laughs> and, and by the way, I want to say this: nothing against John Bradley, of course, most famously for being on Game of Thrones. Nothing against John Bradley, but you can tell that Roland Emmerich, when he was writing the movie and with his partners, you could tell that they wanted Nick Frost for yes, this movie. One hundred. So basically, John Bradley was the dollar store version of Nick Frost. Yeah. Sorry, guys, but you could tell. The jokes and stuff were written in a definitely Nick Frost way. It was either made for Nick Frost or Josh Gad. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree 100%. with you 100%. Yeah, I can see that. And, and once again, I want to make this I wanna, I make, I make this clear. One of the pauses that I should have mentioned, yeah. I uh, with the exception of Holly Berry, I liked all the acting. And that's yeah. unusual. Yeah. Usually I like Holly Berry. But Patrick Wilson, very good in yep. this movie. Yeah. They wanted it serious. Patrick Wilson treated it like a serious the whole time. Uh, John Bradley has some good one-liners and stuff, but he also plays a good uh, reluctant hero role. Uh then you get to like the actors that we couldn't care less about, and that would be Halle Berry, who plays Jocinda. You got Kelly Yu, who is, I, I guess, a foreign exchange student, who is her also her live-in nanny, nanny, but maybe girlfriend. I don't know what she really is, but I don't think girlfriend because she's no. got the hots for Charlie Plummer's character, Sonny Harper, yeah. who is uh, Should not have been Patrick Wilson, yeah. Brian Harper, who is played by Patrick Wilson's son. Yeah, and those two were just ugh. The whole son of the astronaut storyline could have just been erased from the movie. Yeah, added zero to the movie. Yeah, added nothing in the movie. And you paid you paid Michael Pena to be in this movie, and he's unmemorable. Yeah, like the only memorable <laughs> thing he does in this entire movie. There's two memorable lines in this entire movie. The one is kind of a dickheaded funny thing, so that's why you shouldn't care when he dies. When he's like, when they come to the house in Aspen, he's like, "You guys just left me and came to Aspen." And they're like, "Yeah, it'd be safe." Where's your dad? Uh, his, his mom goes, where's your dad? He goes, he's up in space trying to fix this. And Michael Pena's side <laughs> comment is, oh, yeah, that's because he doesn't have to pay rent up there. Because he's calling him a deadbeat. <laughs> then, then, the only other thing is when they're in getting the oxygen in the thing. And he's like, I, I, I've always loved you like a son. I just want you to respect me. Like, it's a We're, horrible time to have this conversation. That, just like me. I do like you. Whole uh, chase scene, too, is freaking stupid as Right out of the Fast and the movie. movie. Yeah. The Hot Wheels the movie. Oh, even worse. Yeah. <laughs> well, because you, the idiots that are trying to take this that the robbed them already and went in a different direction, and now yeah. all of a sudden meet them again. Right, but but the, but the problem is they know they put the oxygen tanks in the back of the car. Yeah. So why are you shooting at the back of the car? Because if I can't have them, nobody can. And that explosion would have been cool. But me. one of the tanks got hit. <laughs> so where was the explosion? Well, they they because spoiler. Michael Payne's character dies because he goes out, uh, they're, they're going, and he gives his oxygen to his daughter in yeah. a noble act. Well, we're on spoilers, so you don't have to yeah. say spoiler word, but so continue. Though. But uh, he gives, you know, and just keeps telling her left, right, left, just keep on walking, we're almost there, and as he's dying. Well, the, the, the boy comes out, you know, I gotta go save Tom. <laughs> then the nanny chick goes out, I gotta go save this guy yeah. who I want his dick. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the air's coming back. But Tom never comes back. Tom never comes back. By the way, he's only auctioned out for like two minutes. (laughs) Couldn't hold his breath for two minutes, damn it. (laughs) But But meanwhile, a a tree, a gigantic tree falls on somebody and it just, the moon helps them. (laughs) The kid is pinned under the tree and I'm, I'm, I'm talking loudly in the theater at this point. Sato! Chop! Chop! Because I think that's the only reason they have an Asian foreign exchange student in this role. She's going to Sato that tree. Uh, nope, they wait for the moon's help to lift it off him. The moon's going to help. And I just go, oh, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Oh, my God. I so- spoke a lot during the theater run of this movie. I will say that. Normally, I don't do that, but 
I was exacerbated in some, certain situations. Dude, Diesel, <laughs> Diesel had the Diesel had the what the fuck is this hand? The whole movie, like what the what the fuck is this? So did I though. Um, no, I mean they didn't follow any fucking plot line through. Nothing follows yeah. through. Nothing. You don't get a payoff for anything. No. So let's just skip to the most egregious shit, right? It's the end. Let's be honest. It's the end of this movie. And the reason why is it takes you to the third act. Like literally in the last 15 minutes to find out what this movie is actually about. So the moon is a megastructure built by what we, well, we're going to talk about when Patrick Wilson's character, Brian Harper, finds out. We'll talk about yeah. what he finds out. So what he finds out from the OS of the moon, they get inside the moon. The moon's a megastructure. We find that out. Then uh, they, they escaping the alien cloud is what we're going to call it right now. We find out what it is after. But at this point, it's the alien cloud. Escaping that, the, they end up crashing and they lose consciousness. Two of the two uh, end up on the KC and Jacinda end up on the still on the ship. But Brian's gone. Well, now we find out Brian's in this room and he's now talking to the OS of the moon. So the operating system, which made itself look like his son. Young son. Yes. Not that current son. Young yes. son. Because as it says, it didn't want to alarm him, so it picked a happy thought. Yeah. Because current son is an asshole. Right. Yeah. And so it probably deserves a, to stay in jail. It picked a happy thought. <laughs> so it then explains to Brian Harper what we should know in the last 15 minutes, what we should have probably known sooner, is that the moon is a megastructure that was created by our ancestors, not aliens. Our ancestors weren't aliens. They were humans billions of years ago who had this idyllic world where there was no wars for billions of years, where there was just harmony and peace, and they created all these great things because when you're not thinking about war, you can build great things. Well, we also built our demise because we built an AI system that ran our country in coming. Self from somewhere. That's why I said as soon as it came on, me and Diesel very loudly both went da dump dump da dump da dump dump da dump because we knew as soon as it said it became aware. And so it's these little nanobots. They actually said it became self-aware. Yes. Yeah. The alarm clock woke hence, up a girl. A little yes, girl like, that's what they showed, an alarm clock. And then the, then all of them gathered together in these clouds of nanobots, little tiny nanobots. And it was hilarious. When the self, I'm being serious. When the self-aware came out, we both were like, da-dum, dum da dum da-dum, dum da dum It's going to become a Terminator movie also. Yep. So anyways, this starts killing off the humans. So the humans, in a last-ditch effort, make these megastructures to go build planets and seed planets where the nanobots can't find them so the human race can live on. But only one of them makes it out before the nanobots find them, and that is our moon. And our moon then helps create the Earth, create all the situations, and seed the Earth with DNA and everything else that we need to become humanity. Well, the nanobots finally fucking found us. They found us 10 years ago, and nobody believed Harper when he's, uh, the guy got attacked earlier in the movie. Da 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 da. And they drilled into the hollow moon to take the moon over because the moon is built around a white dwarf star, and that's how it's powered. And because. It looks for electron because the nanobots look for electron electronics and human DNA together. Yep. That's why there's no one of our ancestors left on the ship, and that's why the OS controls everything because then there's no humans, so they wouldn't find it. But because of us and our technologies, they finally find us. They finally find us because we found the fucking moon, and it sent a big old beacon to them. So now they've covered up the star, which is making the moon come closer to the Earth. And they're playing they're playing chess while we're playing checkers because they're not only going to take out the Earth, they're going to take out the moon so that way nothing else can be recreated. That is their explanation. 
So now you have to stop it. So he learns all this, and he becomes Neo. He is the one. And now, yeah, he literally holds his hand up, and the door opens. <laughs> and they fix their little space rover, so it'll be on top. They even make the EMP better. Here's my biggest question about this. So you're telling me our ancestors from billions of years ago who created these giant fucking megastructures that survived in planets and made a planet, they didn't know what EMPs were to kill the fucking nanobots? We needed our Alexa waves, man. <laughs> so that's what the answer is. An EMP bomb to kill the nanobots, which our ancestors who created the fucking moon to seed a planet and create a planet never thought of. Mind you, they crash landed and he comes back out and ship is fixed and upgraded. Oh, they upgraded everything, including the EMP. Oh, yep. Upgraded. Perfectly fine. Why didn't they give him one of the new ships or one of their ships? Oh, because instead of their, their little day. their little rover strip, little rover thing. No, they used day. them as the weapons because remember, they flew through and they were shooting yeah. at the fucking nanobots for some reason. Eh. Yeah, yeah, but they, but they so, didn't shoot at the nanobots okay. when they were covering the white dwarf star. I don't get it, but whatever. <laughs> whatever. whatever. They, needed, they needed the humans so it could follow them with the electronics so direct them because, you know, they don't have the technology to pivot guns. <laughs> oh. Checks out. So they go back through the tunnel and then we get our moment because now they've got the electric, they got everything going on and now it's like, okay, we in the back of the rover, they have the ship and the lander and then they have the rover. So in the rover is the MP. So now it's, it's described by Brian Harper is going to exit the lander, get into the rover, the other two are going to fly out, he's going to detach, and he is going to explode the EMP bomb by hand because he has to be there or else it won't come in. Uh, there'll, be no, there'll be no, there'll, there'll be no, but yeah, but there'll also be no uh, human in it, so it won't attract it, if they because they already tried it and it didn't work. So now he's going to sacrifice himself, blow up the thing. So him and Holly Berry get into this big argument, and we get Armageddon because the fake Josh Gad character... <laughs> Sorry, John Bradley. I really apologize. For that. He was great. But he was it great. Was not made for him. He he then enters. They then they hear that the that the rover is now locked out. What? He's in there and he tells them, "Hey, my life has been worth nothing." So here I am. He pulls the fucking Bruce Willis, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. It, it, but we don't get the sappiness for a movie that was serious. We don't get the hand on the glass, cry Ben Affleck moment. No, 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 no. Maybe Patrick Wilson can't pull it off. I don't know. <laughs> Instead, we get them volleying back and forth with like positivity. Like, no, you weren't a failure. You figured all this out. You could have been great. And then he's like, Brian, it wasn't your fault. Just like none of this is your fault. Don't take it to blame. You're a great man who saved everybody. And like, they're giving each other the power of positivity out of nowhere. Friendship is magic. This is what we need. And I got to tell you something. I'm not really a doctor. I just put it on my business, business card because it sounded cool. <laughs> and so he's like, and then he still calls him doctor even after that. So then they detach. And the fucking nanobots attack the rover because, you know, that's what they're going to do. And as, as it comes in to kill, as it's swarming Case, like Dr. Piranha. Casey, he has enough time before he sets off the MP, EMP bomb to go, you underestimated us. And then fucking <sighs> blows up the EMP bomb. Now, mind you, the EMP bomb don't blow up the moon. <laughs> it doesn't blow up the ship that isn't quite out of the hull. Just the nanobots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now the moon can go back to where it is, and our heroes crash land in somewhere in Colorado, I was still assuming, yet the Chrysler building was there. And and here's the best part. The best part about it is, I hope that's a tracker. Who's tracking you? You were the two people left in NASA at this point. There was nobody left to track And then the black you. helicopter shows up, and then they satellite call the kids who have survived and the, and the wife. And they're like, hey, you know, whatever. And the next thing you know, there's a black helicopter that lands. 
and takes them there. Could, and we get the we get the convenient uh, Asian lady and the little boy, the son, meeting up with uh, Halle Berry's character, and then Brian Wilson or Patrick Wilson, sorry, <laughs> Brian Harper is hugging his son Sonny, and then he has the line of the thing, and he's like, "Hey, where's Tom?" And his ex-wife is like, shakes her head and hugs the two girls, the you know Tom's kids, and he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry about that." And he looks at his son. He's like, his son goes, "We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him." And this is the greatest comeback line of all time. And if it was a comedy, it would have gotten the best laugh of the night. Because earlier, remember about the space thing? He goes, "Where's your friend?" He goes, "He saved the world." Yeah, Tom helped you get here, but my friend saved the world. Fuck Tom. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Fuck Tom. And if it was played for laughs, it would have been great. But it wasn't. Yeah, you have this great, quote unquote, great reunion between you know Halle Berry's character and her son. You got you know. Brian Harper and his son. And then you have his ex-wife and her two fatherless daughters just standing there like, well, great for you, assholes. And you know, and usually in these movies is where, you know, the the person, even though it's not their kids, everybody just embraces the family who lost somebody. Nope, they're just like, you be off on the side. Yeah, Fuck you. You're out of scene. We don't, we we don't, don't give a damn you about you. I don't, I'm not in love with you. Fuck your two kids. I'm glad your husband's dead is basically what he said. <laughs> if they would have said that, I'd have been all right with it. Oh. But that's not the end of the movie, Diesel. Well, yeah, because we, you know, the one character that was actually likable is now gone. Or is he? Because before he dies, the OS of the moon uploads his, uh, what did did they say? His consciousness. His consciousness into the OS. So now he's part of the moon and is talking to him through his mother who has Alzheimer's. And Fuzz Aldrin makes a return, which is (laughs) nice. And basically tells him that we have work to do because they thought they were going to get a fucking sequel. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, there is no sequel. You lost, at this point, where where are we at? Fucking $78 million, and you're already off the top five in America. You're going to be lucky to hit $30 million with the steaming pile of shit. (laughs) Oy vey. Anybody want to add anything into that? Because, I mean, the (laughs) most entertaining part of this is basically us recapping that and talking about it. Because that's kind of like what me and Diesel did in the car, and I I told somebody that was the most entertaining part. Yeah, the post-movie conversation on the drive home was the only enjoyable part of this movie. Like, it dragged it went everywhere and yet nowhere all at once. The movie was a paradox. <laughs> it is a paradox. <laughs> I also want to point out, Roland Emmerich still whining about the fact it's no original ideas. Dude, this wasn't an original idea. Not only did you, not only do you make disaster films, that's what you do, you also copied other disaster films, but you just took the worst parts of them. Yeah, well, it's kind of an original idea. A disaster film with no disaster. We were talking about it. Do you realize the scene, the scene on the ship, Almost directly mirrors the scene where uh, Jodie Foster meets the aliens on fucking Contact. Yeah, remember in Contact because they go into her conscious and they right. have they have yeah. her the other and then it's that white room. That scene with Patrick Wilson and the OS is almost the exact same fucking thing, like almost identical to the Contact movie. Like it's it's insane. If yeah. they would lead into the comedy of it and just blatantly stole from South Park, where they're like, "Oh, I can be manifest it any way you want." How about a taco who? Uh, poops out ice cream if they would have done that i'm in a cgi <laughs> taco that's pooping out fucking napolitan ice cream fuck yes oh man so 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 rough so 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 rough so so rough well it's almost time for our ideas, us to give our scores but before we do we gotta check in what the internet did but you know we have to have a lot of fun with it so it's time to play the game time to play the game Last week, 
Diesel did regain the crown. In a surprising twist and turn, can Ron win it back here? Trust me, it's going to be a hard one for these fine folks. It is time to play the game. It's simple how we play this game. We're going to give out different scores around the internet, and it's Price is Right rules. Whoever comes closest without going over will get the point, except for our tiebreaker round. If we have to come to that, it's the closest to the number, because we don't do ties here. We're not the NFL. Also, uh, if that has to be worth two points, because sometimes that happens, it's got to be because we like to make it interesting and spicy. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to play the game. And Ron, you get to go first since you are the challenger. Uh, and we got two by points, so it's going to be a little easier for you. First and foremost, we'll do the one we always do first. IMDB, out of, out of 10 using points, what did they give Moonfall? 4.5. Diesel. That's, a, that's really good. I'm going to go slightly lower. I'm going 2.5. And... Ron gets the point. 5.3 out of 10 on IMDb. They go a little high for movies. Ooh, I don't they, know why. They're throwing this movie. <laughs> All right. If you think that one's good, Diesel, we have a newcomer, but it's a little easier. It's out. It's Facebook. Out of five, using points, what did Facebook users give Moonfall? Oh, <laughs> Facebook users are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I, this is going to It's breakdown by points or no? Yes, there's points. 2.8. Ron. 4.5. <laughs> Might as well give you this. Diesel gets the point only because Ron was off by 0. 0.3 because it was 4.2. Oh, I just fumbled oh. ahead. Diesel, you could have won. You I, had to I win. should have won four. But. All right, Ron, for, well, both of you, for the win, Ron Tomatoes. What did they give out of 100%? What did they give Moon? Uh, 33%. Diesel. I, the world is upside down right now. 60. We have a winner. And new champion, Ron. 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. All right. Everything's back to normal. All right. Good. All right. So let's for funsies give out the Google users. And I'm just going to give you this. It's not 80. Um, Diesel, remember when you said about Facebook users? Apply that to Google users. 100%. What did they give it, Diesel? I don't think we've seen anything below an 80. I'm going 86. <laughs> 85. Uh, you would have been closer, Ron. It was 76%. Oh, my God. We finally cracked 80. Oh. <laughs> 76%. Fuck. Ayo. Ayo. <laughs> oh, well, God. Now it's time for us to review it. Of course, I will be giving my critic score last after I give the score, but the most important score is the nerd score. And then the nerd score is simple. It breaks down. It's out of five, and it is an entertainment score. So that means how entertained were you seeing the movie? Uh, once again, we always give the uh, the equivalent of Maximum Overdrive, which is a terrible movie. It is two or less out of ten on a critic score. However, myself and Ron, because we watch those kind of movies, I don't know about Diesel. I don't know if he's ever seen it, but we give it a four out of five on the nerd scale because it's entertainment entertaining and hilarious as shit however horrible movie now with that being said also if you are a highly critical scored movie you're also going to get high on the nerd scale as well of course our last uh so here's the scale one through five of course the number one is no just no that means don't go see it don't watch it don't nothing just no two on the scale is you've been warned that means this movie is not the worst of the worst but it's also not good so if you go to watch it you've been warned a three is, it's okay. That means it's a good movie. That means, but it doesn't mean spend money on it. It means wait till it's on Netflix. Wait till it's sometime. If it's on Netflix and there's a Sunday where you have nothing better to do than watch it because it's good, it's 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 a decent takeaway. Then we have 
the number four. And that's just take my money. That means you, if it's in the theater, you should go see it. If it's on Netflix, you should make it a, you know, a prime suggestion to watch. Whatever. I mean, obviously it could be any streaming service. I'm just using Netflix because that's probably where this movie's going to end. Let's be honest. <laughs> it should have probably ended there to begin with. This is going straight to Tubi. <laughs> and of course... The number five is 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 certified nerd. That is the rarest of airs. That means it's an instant classic. You should go to see it in the theater multiple times. You should add it to your collection. You should add it to your rotation of movies. This is an instant classic. To show you what a certified nerd is, the last movie to get us a certified nerd from all three of us was Spider-Man No Way Home. Before that, there's been, uh, me and Diesel gave uh, Last Night in Soho, but Ron did not. We gave that a certified nerd. So it's the, it can't be a clean sleep, so that's why it's not considered as a clean, clean sweep. The last one before that, I think, was Endgame. So Endgame and Spider-Man No Way Home, both certified nerd. Oh, and Ghostbusters Afterlife, I do believe. I think we, oh no, you gave it a four too. So yeah, 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 once yeah. again, once again, me and Diesel gave it a, a certified nerd. So with that being said, here we go. Are you guys ready? We're gonna start with Diesel this time. Nerd scale, what are you giving Moonfall? I'm going to do what we never do. I'm going to give it a point. It's 1.51. So if you have to round up, you have to go to two. But it's right there in that one category. Don't see this movie. And the only reason to see this movie is to mock this movie with your friends. (laughs) That's it. Mystery Science 3000. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it's made for. Ronald. Uh, I, I... after thinking about it, yeah, this is definitely a one. Like, I I, I was going to try to two, but, yeah, I, I got to put it at a one. Yeah. Listen, man, this is a fucking one. This is a no. <laughs> Do not watch this movie. I can't recommend it. I can't even say watch this on accident. It is kind of fun. If you do have to watch this movie, please watch it with a friend yeah. so the banter can be fun. Please. Also watch it where you can talk because it would have been better if we could have been loud. Like like during Licorice Pizza, we liked that movie, but we still got to talk about what we were thinking about in that movie. If it was a private showing, Moonfall was, we would have had a great time, I think. But it's still a terrible movie. It, it, there's nothing redeeming, and it's just a waste of two hours and ten minutes of your life that you'll never get back. As far as my critic review, um, you know, I don't believe in giving zeros, as we all know. I give a one just because if you made the movie, you got effort, as you would point it out as a positive. So every movie gets a one, at least. Uh, With that being said, the worst movies I've ever seen, I've I've never been shy about this, are Fear.com, as I like to call it, Fear.crap, and Chernobyl Diaries. And I have gave both of them a one. There's nothing redeeming about those movies at all. One out of ten horrible movies. And there's a couple others that are on that list, by the way. I'm going to give this a little more credit than that. It is because of the acting from Patrick Wilson and from John Bradley. Mm -hmm. Just because of those two characters, I'm going to give it a little more. I'm going to give it a 1.5. So it's not in the air uh, out of 10. It's not Chernobyl Diaries. It's not Fear.com. It's not that bad, but it ain't that much better. And it's definitely in in the worst movies that I've, you know, it's in the worst end. But 1.5, I think is fair. 1.5 out of 10 for my critic review. So there you guys go. Do not see Moonfall, period. Not even on a dare. No. Uh, me and Diesel looked at ourselves about 30 minutes in and went, fuck. Yeah. We got another hour and a half of this shit. Not good. Not good, folks. And then it was, uh, I already looked it up. There is no post-credit scene. And if there is, we do we even bolted. care? We didn't even care. We were like, <laughs> yeah. we're going either yeah. way. And I had to piss at that point, Junction. <laughs> I, I was going to say that. That's, that, one that of, mo- that's one of the redeeming moments of this movie. There was no post-credit scene. <laughs> that, that, that Mountain Dew is making his way yeah. back through, baby. Anyways, with that being said, that is going to bring us to the end of Diesel's Movie Club review this week. Of course, next week on the show, because uh, Diesel is not going to be able to make the movies, myself and Ron, believe it or not, are going to review the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which you can watch on Netflix. We figured it was a good time to watch and do that one, since Diesel can't join the review. 
review. However, next week we will be definitely giving you a bonus episode. Hopefully, we can get Diesel to see it early in the week because he's taking the rest of the week off from work. Because I'm hoping that I will be, I'll go see it again with you no matter what. We're gonna watch it. We'll do Uncharted as a bonus episode here because we want to do Uncharted, but unfortunately. You know, Diesel's got Diesel's got prior engagements. When's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre starting on Netflix? Friday. Is it Friday? The eighteenth. The eighteenth. So keep your eyes posted. I'll let you know over the weekend sometime. Give it a watch. Yeah. But myself and Ron are probably going to go see two movies in the theater this week, as you guys already heard, and that's Uncharted and The Cursed. But we're going to review Texas Chainsaw Massacre because I feel like fuck it, they can't all be winners. (laughs) I mean, Moonfall wasn't a winner either, so eh, whatever. With that being said, though, it's time to pay some bills. It's time for some shameless plugs. That means if you can hear my voice, that means you know how to find us. But do your friends know how to find us? Do their friends know how to find us? It's simple. You type three fat nerds into any podcast provider and booyakish there we are. Remember, for everything we talk about, it's the number three, not the word three. Of course, while you're at that provider, you might as well smash that follow or subscribe button so our show gets delivered to you automatically each and every week. We're also on Facebook, who gives strangely high ratings to bad movies. <laughs> type, type in that search bar, Three Fat Nerds Podcast. You're going to find our page. You're going to like our page, because if you like Moonfall, you're definitely going to love us. <laughs> Comment, rate, review. Help us spread the word of nerd. Of course, we're also on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, at Three Fat Nerds Pod. Remember, for all the social medias, use the hashtag 3FNPod whenever talking about the show. But guys, Moonfall was a great movie, and let me tell you why. Tell us why. 3FatNerdsPod at gmail.com. Of course, next up, make sure you're following us over on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash 607podcast. Every Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, myself and Ken M. from the ODPH talk all things pro wrestling on 607TWS. Come join the chat. Come watch it live. Of course, if you don't watch it live, you can either watch the replay on twitch.tv slash 607podcast or you can listen to the podcast anywhere you get great podcasts. It's later out there later that night. 607TWS. Just search it up and make sure you're listening there. Of course, also coming up, we do movie nights and everything else. And of course, we're going to be doing the Three Fat Nerds fourth year anniversary extravaganza and it's going to be taking place as of right now we have to confirm when the owners come back from hawaii of dmg but right now we're slating it for april the 9th saturday april 9th and we will be live on twitch at 10 p.m eastern standard time and uh we are gonna we'll break the rest of the news to everybody later we've already told our patrons but we'll break the news to everybody after we get the confirmation so mark it on your calendars tentatively right now saturday april 9th 10 p.m eastern standard time twitch.tv slash 607 podcast where we'll be doing the live three fat nerds fourth anniversary extravaganza but make sure you're following us over there for all the other things we're doing on twitch also is because we're double down here if you would like to support the show monetarily for as little as one dollar a month and get a ton of extra bonus content you can do that over at patreon.com slash 8122 productions sign up get uh, find out about love is scary find out about i love movies which will be sparking back up we're going to be doing some cool stuff there change the concept a little bit but we're going to be doing that and of course right now we you get the you also get the three fat nerds podcast you get it early the same night we record, like literally right after now because of the way the setup is. And of course, it's the uncut, unedited, uncooked edition, which means that uh, you get a little bit extra in the beginning. You get a little bit extra where that break is. You get you get us talking points there. And of course, it's unedited. So if we faux pot or anything else, you get to hear that shit and laugh at us because trust me, there's been plenty of times for that. And because everybody else gets the edited version where we sound all nice and clean and cheery and we never make a mistake. That's a lie, because I leave some of the mistakes in, because they're fucking funny. Let's be honest. Every time Diesel botches, it gets left, because it's hilarious. I, I botch left and right. That's, uh, we all do. Let's be honest. But anyways, let's, uh, you know, so make sure you're following us over there if you would like to. As little as $1 a month. Patreon.com slash 8122 Productions. If you ever find yourself stuck in a 
Megastructures <laughs> Operating System. Hack that shit. Type it in. HTTP colon backslash backslash eight one double deuce P-R-O-D-U-C-T I-O-N-S dot com. That's your happy memory. 8122productions.com for all things 8122productions. Find out more about the Three Fat Nerds podcast, Horror Zone 607, 607TWS, and more. You can get all of our social media links right there on there. You can also find all the providers we're on. You got links to like Spotify, YouTube Music, Good Pods, which is going to be up in a minute. I had not put the public on there, but we're on Good Pods, Cashbacks. They're on everything. You can find all those links and more at 8122productions.com if you're looking for a good place to listen to us. But if you're listening to already, you probably already have your favorite, so that's fine. And we love you for that. Also, while you're there, you can check out our, the musical acts who pr- provide us with their music copyright-free, but we're going to give them a shout-out here as well. Shout at the Robots, Floodlands, Tom Jolu, Second Suitor, the Jasons from West Virginia, and most importantly, the Phosphines from Melbourne, Australia, who've been with us since the beginning of us using uh, copyright-free music. So we always like to give them a special shout-out as well. But we love all those bands. You hear their music each and every week. Go ahead, check it out. Their listings are there. And also, remember, you can listen to them on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. Support them because they're awesome. Uh, also, you can see friends of the show like Sci-Fi Horror Fest and the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast and soon to probably be added more because I really got to do some work to that website. But, you know, you, you know. You know. And last but certainly not least, we have our local sponsors who help us bring the show to you commercial-free each and every week. Well, we're going to give them a shout-out here, but you can also check them out on the website. And mind you, remember, any links that you want, they're also in the liner notes to this podcast. It's pretty easy to find. But first up, we have the people who provide us with the 8122 Production Studios, and that is Dragon Master Games, located at 1235 Upper Front Street in Binghamton, New York. For all your Magic Gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, dragonmastergames.com. Also, if you are going to be in the 607 or passing through the 607 and you want to find out about events at the store or you just want to come in and harass Diesel over the next two weeks, it's simple. Like their Facebook page, Dragon Master Games. And thank you to Rexter Rods Auto Detailing, located at 2004 North Street, Nendicott, New York. To call for an appointment, call 607-644-3389. When you're ready to put the pride back in your ride, don't forget to tell them three fat nerds sent you. Ronald? One out of ten stars for illiterates only. Peter Jackson's Tolkien's adaptations are all among the worst, literally, adaptations ever. For Tolkien's fans, they are a torment. People who say otherwise can either not read or get paid for it. One out of ten stars. Lord of the Rings just sucks, people. In the world of nerds, and I'm saying that in a despairing way, but in the reader-nerd category, you are the nerds of that nerd fucking community. Oh, the movie fucking took away from the book. Fuck you. You want to know readers? You know what really sucks about all these like one star reviews? So y'all Half of them are had your kids, had your wife, and had your husband because they raping everybody out here. Half of them are one star, you know, one out of ten stars. But at the end, it's like just a glowing like comment about how great they are, and I give it ten out of ten. I'm like, this is not how any of this works, people. <laughs> this is how stupid you are. That's why Lord of the Rings just sucks, people. You know, so we didn't talk about the TV show. They got a trailer. Oh, yeah. oh. I, I totally, I glossed over that. It was on purpose. Let's be honest. I'm sure Padawan Jay will talk about a lot of the ODPH. Tune in this week. Rody Josh goes, there's more Lord of the Rings movies coming out? Like, no, it's a series, and it's coming on Amazon Prime. He goes, we're getting a series now? I'm like, yeah, that's not good. It costs over a billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, with that being said. That's bringing us to the end of the show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Hopefully you were entertained. Hopefully we brought you some fun in your life and some funny in the adult sense of humor as we always do here at the Three Fighters Podcast. Uh, you know, we'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and all I have left to say is later, nerds. Later. Shout out Fuzz Aldrin. <laughs> the Lord of the Rings just sucks, people. Hey.